0: to another episode of the Lore Entertainment Podcast. I am Andrew Southwick, joined once again by everybody's favorite and newly completely bald Grand Poobah with the new background and everything else, John Speed. Hey, hey, how are you doing today, man? Good, man. Good to be back. Right on. Okay, we're going to dig right in. First, we mentioned this on, uh, on another episode. I want to highlight it again because it is important. You have some drop cards that are in support of Build-A-Baby and... Uh, The procedure that you want to talk about, I'll bring those up here while you explain. Yeah. So, what you're looking
1: at here are drop cards from uh, Choice for Two, and they've got the QR code on the back. Uh, Basically, all you got to do is, like you do with any other QR code, just take your camera, shoot, you know, click the link, and go watch the film. These are great to hand out. Uh, We've been handing these out um along the way you can leave them like in a gas pump where they've got the little slot for your credit card just they'll fit nicely in there and that's uh for build the babies the first one then we have the procedure with the kevin sorbo voiceover and of course both have these former disney pixar animators working on them and it's the same thing. You've got the QR codes on there, and you can leave them around. So it's really, I mean, walk through Walmart, leave them in cases of beer or something, <laughs> so, um, just drop them around wherever you can, and people will have an opportunity to see those uh, really important projects.
0: Excellent. One other thing I wanted to highlight before we get going here is you had a recent, you have an article about to be published or recently published by Screen Trade. Tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah that was published in the spring um issue they or they do these quarterly over in europe um, it's based in england but this journal goes out to people who own theaters movie theaters uh, throughout europe and i guess also south korea and uh, i had sent uh, the uh, editor philip turner is on my um, list of journalists that i contact through decision and he contacted me one day and said man i'd like to use some of your quotes <laughs> in our they've done one other one one other journal with a quote from me and this time they wanted a quote and they wanted a full article and now they're asking me to write one every quarter for every issue if they want one so um i'm really pleased with that um, i don't get paid anything for it but Laura gets a nice shout out every time that they run something from me so really a wonderful honor to to be published
0: there that's excellent. Well, congratulations. That's great. And uh, it's always good when God opens up more doors and and spreads your reach a little bit further because it really is him that does that and this is this is some global some direct global reach. So that's great. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. All right, well, let's dig into the topic today. There is a recent article and I'm going to bring this up too. This I'm going to show you I'm going to show you this piece. This comes from a Variety, WGA, that's the Writers Guild of America. They're now claiming that Disney, Amazon, and Netflix are the new gatekeepers of media. Writers Guild of America issued a report on Thursday calling Netflix, Amazon, and Disney the new gatekeepers of the media business and calling for basically more antitrust regulation. They argue that Netflix, Amazon, and Disney have amassed collective market power that has driven down wages and limited viewer choice. The Guild also argues that companies have shown they will abuse a position of dominance to harm their competitors, that further consolidation will result in fewer writers able to make a living. The union argues, quote, any mergers in media and entertainment involving significant screaming players should be blocked, including acquisitions of smaller or potential competitors. Uh, This, of course, the strike is now in day 108 with no signs of slowing down. Uh, The WGA issued reports and gave testimony about antitrust issues in the past, so this is not new for them, but the latest report focuses more on Netflix and Amazon than the previous versions, and it argues that Netflix used to be an innovative competitor but has since become an incumbent, powerful incumbent, focused on raising prices, vertically integrating, and exerting its dominance over workers they also argue that amazon has engaged in predatory pricing and other anti-competitive practices to establish a platform monopoly quote each is now taking each platform that is is now taking anti-competitive vertical integration to an extreme turning a streaming service into a walled garden for self-produced content a model built for and dependent on restricting the availability of independent content from competing producers underpaying creators and above all Making future consolidation the name of the industry game. So you're cold, your uh, your response cold, and then I've got some uh, some questions. We'll break that down here in our conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, in this, there's two things that come into my mind. On one hand, anytime a, a guild or a union starts talking about something, I immediately <laughs> start wondering what's really going on. Um, I do think there is an element of, essentially socialism that goes on a lot with a lot of these unions that they don't want to see companies succeed. Now you have that on the one hand, however, this is a little bit different on the other. And in the way that it's different is it's been known. Marcus has talked about this a lot that there's really just a handful of people in the world who decide what ends up happening in big tech and what ends up happening in the streaming services. And so the point at the end of the article about um, independent artists not having a voice that's real. I mean, there's, that's, there's no question about this that has become so big that, I mean, if, as an independent filmmaker, you are at their mercy. I mean, Laura started because we, Marcus and I did a film on abortion called babies are still murdered here. It was on Amazon prime. The ratings were 90% of the ratings were four or five stars. And they took it off the platform because they said that it was, uh, it fallen beneath their minimum ratings, uh, demands. Well, (laughs) for 90% of four and five star ratings, I mean, what, what in the world is their minimum, right? It was a straight lie, uh, simply because of the content. And so we started, we really started lore because we said we needs to be a platform where independent filmmakers can come and put out content that big tech is not going to like. And we've already proven it uh, through uh, the, some of the projects that we have on the platform. There's, there's no place else this stuff would go. Um, so yeah, it's a real problem and it's a problem, you know, find the need and fill it. Right. That's what we're doing at lore is we're trying to give that platform to independent filmmakers and give an the opportunity to fundraise and stream there.
0: Let me connect the dots because, again, consumers don't know the ins and outs of the movie production world, the film production world. So they may still not see why that affects independent filmmakers or up-and-coming filmmakers so much. So, so let's draw a clear line there. Amazon, Disney, Netflix, when the article – when the WGA says they're gatekeepers, and as you're explaining, where the real – where the real impact is is if if they decide they don't want your content, and those are the three biggest in in the media stream right now, and with streaming again revolutionizing how we consume media for better or for worse, the they become well they can they can take you or leave you, so that now you have fewer options, you have fewer places to go, and fewer delivery mechanisms. Because also, by the way. It costs money to distribute your film to theaters. Independent filmmakers don't have that kind of dough. Even moderately budgeted films. For a second, I'm back now. Okay, so even moderately, uh, even moderately budgeted films don't have that kind of dough. So if you can't access a streaming platform that can get to everybody, you're you're really screwed. Not to mention. DVDs are only sold in bins at Walmart anymore. So you don't have, there are so many avenues that used to be available that are just not. Mm -hmm. And if I'm hearing you right. And if I'm understanding the the guild's argument, right. If there's further consolidation of other mid-level production houses and so on into Amazon, into Disney, into Netflix, well, then you're, you're bottlenecking it at one of three on ramps and fewer uh, there will be fewer opportunities for filmmakers writers actors is that is that correct
1: yeah and it's something actually we talked about for almost from day one when we got started a couple years ago that we talked about the possibility that somebody like amazon or you know netflix or whoever if we got traction we we were we're ready for the idea that somebody's going to come along and try to buy us and um Actually, that's part of the reason why our messaging is the way that it is on the blogs and things like that, is we're trying to keep investors who might have motives like that to kind of take over a good thing that's essentially is Christian, not essentially Christians, Christian, Christian um, a Christian company and, and swallow it up and just shelve it and never you know, let it be seen again. We're, we're in unity and amongst the founders that we're not going to sell out to an Amazon. Right. So um, and and that's the that's the thing. That's what the independents they they need a platform like lore. I don't know if all of them even understand how much they need it. uh, But I think they're beginning to understand it with articles like this. The other thing to keep in mind with this, too, though, is like, remember, Disney, Netflix and Amazon all have their own studios. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're going to give precedence. To the content that they're paying serious money to produce for their own platforms, and so it makes it that much harder for uh, independents to break in when uh, essentially you're competing against their their brand, you know their own <laughs> their own brand.
0: So, I and mean, I think I think we explained it, but I just want to make sure again. One of the terms used in the article a lot was vertical integration, and if I understand that correctly, you can tell me if I'm wrong because I'm not really a businessman. But that would that's effectively another way of they're buying companies, so they're absorbing all these companies vertically, integrating them into the into the mothership. Is that is that correct? correct.
1: Yeah, I believe that's right. I'm I'm kind of new at this thing myself learning all the time. But <laughs> yeah, I mean they that is something they do. They do. I mean, you can even see it in social media with how Facebook acquires things. Right. You know, they, they get LinkedIn, um, Instagram. You know, Instagram, everything's getting sucked into that thing. That's not even being talked about with this article, but that's another part of this is how big, you know, another part of big tech that is just controlling everything that you're seeing.
0: Well, and, and wouldn't this also, because we're in a national freedom of speech and censorship talk right now in our country. Wouldn't this also have some, I mean, legitimately some first amendment implications like your, your film about whatever may not pass the muster because it doesn't agree with the WHO or something like that. I mean, it seems that seems conspiratorial, but that's Mm -hmm. not off the reservation. Is it?
1: Not at all. In fact, you've seen examples of it where like some videos that have talked about what happened during the pandemic can't be shown. They're thrown off of YouTube or whatever. They're thrown. They're thrown out of all. No streaming service touches them, and they end up over on Rumble, right? I mean, Rumble seems to be the platform where everybody that wants to put something out like that goes to, um, so that they can actually have the freedom of speech to put the stuff out. And so, yeah, it is a freedom of speech, very much a freedom of speech issue, um, and it becomes. Uh, even it, I think it really does illustrate even more dramatically how important it is for a platform like lore to succeed um, because how many of these do you have really where <laughs> you can, you can fund and stream in the same place and you have that kind of freedom to put out content, like, I don't know, showing a second trimester abortion, you know, an animated format, right? Like, Who's going to, I mean, even Pure Flix and Angel, they're not going to touch that either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's super important for artistic freedom.
0: How does Lure's production model, I, I guess that would include the, how the funding and everything works, but how does the production model shield actors, crews, writers f- from this kind of I call it predatory bargaining, but that's my own term. How does it shield from that? So in other words, when as lure big as lure's legs grow and, and uh, gets taller and the momentum grows and so on, and and the funding is there. To, now the content can roll because the, the funding is flowing uh, fully or more fully. Mm-hmm. How is how do we know that this isn't going to happen again? You know, and the, the next time they decide to strike.
1: Oh, right. Well, keep in mind that with our uh, content creators, when they're contracts, the first thing is they keep their intellectual property. Whereas these other studios and everything, they're purchasing the rights. They're buying their content. They own it. Right. And so they can do whatever they jolly well want legally. Once they, once the content creator signs his part of the contract and signs it over for the agreed upon amount, yeah, lower your funding here. You have an exclusive streaming agreement for a certain set period of time. But when that thing is up, you keep your content. You can do the merchandising off your content. It's unheard of. What we're doing is unheard of anywhere in the industry. And, um, it's, uh, I think it truly liberates (laughs) the content creators to, to do what they want with their content. Now, as far as, you know, Amazon and the rest of them coming along, how is lore gonna protect um protect our own space? Mm-hmm. I think in our founding documents, I remember we were very clear like what we're about. Well, we, I think we have a statement in the founding documents about like confessions of faith that we adhere to, like the Westminster Confession and the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession, and we refer to the 1611 King James <laughs> version of the Bible as the Word of God. Right, all of that is intentional to send very specific messages to these big tech interests we're not your typical company and we're not interested in playing and then the way we throw elbows in our messaging and in our writing and stuff like that we're sending a message to everybody like we will defend creators and we will fight for this space we're willing to fight for this and um and we're willing to for you to give your best effort to try to cancel us (laughs) i mean we're probably daring people to cancel us at this point, we kind of want that to happen, and um, it's good PR. But, like, <laughs> you know, I think that kind of thing is very unusual anywhere out there.
0: Well, as you mentioned, this Lures model is not is not done. It really is a new it's a new media model it is it is innovating something that no one does it, they don't they don't see the clearly they don't see the financial reason to do that their system works they want to keep it mm-hmm. why do you believe in this production model because it's sort of like I don't know, I would liken it to maybe, you know, Alexander Graham Bell making the telephone, you know, like, I, and he had, he had personal reasons for doing that. But then it, he was, you know, then it became, oh, everybody can use it. But the, when you believe in something that, or when you're convicted about something, I should say, we believe in God, we we have our purposes. But when you're convicted, like, hey, this is, this is something that, that not only can it work, I believe it will, but it's not been proven. It's it's going to Mars. What gives you that conviction about this? And what have you seen early in Lure's growth that encourages you to that end? Yeah,
1: well, I can tell you from talking to content creators that it's a problem, not just in film. It's a problem in uh, music. It's a problem in publishing uh, it's a problem in the video game world, right? And I can see at some point as, as we start this off with film and as we gain traction and, and get to scale, I could see us very easily funding video games this way. I can see us doing all those different areas this way. And the reason why it's important is because of what we're talking about. We're talking about freedom to be able to create, to love God and make what you want, love God and make what you want. And so, um, I heard an interview with uh, John, uh, yeah, John Cooper from Skillet, and he was talking about how here's a guy with a huge platform, but the publishers wouldn't publish a book that he wants to put out uh, because he's not woke. Huh. <laughs> this guy's got millions of people following him on YouTube, and the fact is, is that if he made a book, it's like printing your own money, right? Like he, it would sell to all of his fan base, but. They don't care. They're so hung up on their agenda. They don't care how much money they lose. Disney's proving that over the last couple of years with the billions of dollars that they're losing in the in their in their productions. And so, uh, yeah, what we are doing here has the possibility of doing a lot more than just film. Like this is a cultural. It could be a cultural moment. Yeah, Um, I I hesitate to say it like that. It sounds grandiose. It sounds like we're blowing our own horn, and to a degree, we are. But if if you see what we're doing with this model, it's it's going to. It has the potential of being a true disruptor. Um, The other thing you asked was about what evidence that we've seen that this is sort of working. I would say um, the uh, exposed series from Choice for Two it proves that we're willing to put anything out there (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and give it some circulation. Um, I think you can look at how some of the stuff's already been funded uh, from uh, the wild brothers um, Mm -hmm. islands to Island. Two episodes are funded there. Uh, Half of the uh, barely biblicals funded, which is a, a fairly pricey project. Half of their first episode is funded. Animation's expensive, you know? And so, and the fact that, you know, honestly, stuff like screen trade for crying out loud, p- picking up her messaging and saying in the, they're not Christian at all. It's this is total secular company. And they're like, yeah. these guys are saying something that needs to be heard in the rest of the industry. Yeah. That kind of thing, to me, is the biggest thing. And and everybody is at first they didn't take us seriously. but we go to these Christian film festivals now, they're definitely taking us seriously. And so. um that's been very encouraging as well. It's a good sign, I think.
0: What do you think is happening? This is a little, a little bit of a left field, but you mentioned Disney and that reminded me, you know, they, they've lost what, $9 billion or something like that. They show a $5 billion profit because they laid off you know, 7000 people and they took they, they slashed their streaming and they slashed their production and now they're not doing anything. So when you're not doing anything and you're limiting production, you can show a profit because you're yeah. not doing anything. Right. Right. But they also seem absolutely committed to their own destruction. <laughs> I, and I don't understand. They were the premier entertainment industry in the world. They owned the air above Florida and California and parts of Hong Kong and Paris because that's why they can do fireworks all the time. Yeah. That. But like, I mean, the I, what it is. I know this is getting into into some of the culture wars, but it, but it, it pertains to what we're talking about. There is such a a cultish fervor with this DEI and woke in these companies that they are willing to sacrifice their brand to sacrifice their bottom line and will slash and slash and slash to make it work to accomplish this. What, what, why do you, can you, can you, can you answer that from any perspective at all? I mean, from a business perspective, from a theological perspective, from any, cause I just don't get it. I mean, if I'm making money, I want to keep doing that.
1: Right. Yeah. From a business perspective is absolutely counterintuitive. There is no way you should be doing this stuff. And, and the signs are all there. I mean, they're bleeding money. Um, I really believe from a theological perspective that it's possible that what you're seeing happen here is God is judging them by putting a blindness and a stupidity over their entire company. And like, he's like, I'll destroy you.
0: <laughs> I'll is that, destroy so, you so do you, do you think then, well, in a theological perspective, mm-hmm. like a Romans one, I'm turning you over to like, cause, cause I think we think a lot of time God judgment is him coming down with his staff and throwing a lightning bolt up your butt. And that might be part of it, but a lot of times his judgment is giving you what you want, which that's is not great. him. yes. and and are you saying that, well, if that's what if that's what they want, here here you go.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's entirely you know, look, they're pushing transgender nonsense. and I mean, it doesn't it's exactly Romans chapter one territory. Uh-huh. And so you know, that's what he promises he will do. He will give them what they want. This is what you want. The the definition of the wrath of God in that context is God saying, okay, here it is. You can have it. I'm going to let you have it. And that is judgment. That is God letting people have what they want. And it's it'll be more than the destruction of Disney. This is a very sobering fact. It's not just the destruction of Disney. It's the destruction of our entire nation uh, and our media leaders promoting this stuff and pushing it, pushing it, pushing it it's, it's, it, it, it's a very sobering truth. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm like gleeful over it. On one hand, from a business perspective, I'd love it if Disney just folded and we ended up buying Disney, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, take my kids to the Cinderella's castle there and go out to
0: dinner. I, I'd move into the castle. What are you talking about, <laughs> yeah. man? Right. Right.
1: So, you know, I don't know. That's the, that's the one. Well,
0: I, I think though, this, the speaking of, you know, God judgment him turning, giving you what you want and, and the national, the national water that goes down the drain too, which includes all of us to a, to a degree. Mm-hmm. I think that's another, I think that's another choice we need to make in terms of where we spend our consumer dollars and why lure TV would be a good one because listen, they're telling you who they are. They're they're telling you what they want to do and we're giving them money anyway. Right. I mean, we're, we're not exempt from, from this. And to some degree we're, if we're going to continue to fund it, we're going to experience some of that Romans one, two on the judgment side. And more than just, more than just the general, the rainfalls on the good and the bad, but okay. You're, you're, you're not, standing up against this one way to do that, take those dollars, put them into lower TV. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, there's people talk about like building a parallel economy. I, it kind of falls under that too, but I, uh, I just think it's just common sense. Like if you could take my daughter and I went out to breakfast yesterday, she bought breakfast for me. It was 20 bucks or something uh, to get both of us to eat at Sonic. So there's 20 bucks, I eat one meal, right? And that's the end of it. Or I can take $14 a month and put it towards content that I want to see made that's actually pushing back hard against the culture. It's a small sacrifice to make, right? $14 Um, fourteen dollars in this inflated economy—it's not much. And um, what we're seeing is that people are spending a lot more than fourteen dollars on the platform because they're excited about it. They're like, you get the opportunity to buy gold loot, and they're like, "Well, I want to give more than that." I think the average spend is around seventy dollars a month. Mm. So, mm. show me another platform that can do that. Netflix would love to be able to do that.
0: You know, as you were as you were talking, John, I was reminded why I don't like to. I don't like to eat with people. Now you think this doesn't connect, but it does hold on. I don't like to eat with people. I know that, you know, that, you know, break bread. I I get, I get all that. Okay. But I just think it's so disgusting. I don't like the sound of people chewing. I have to have music on in the background. I don't like it when they talk and there's like a little bit of food left in their mouth. Then my appetite's over. But the other thing is this, all you're doing when you're eating, you're preparing to go to the bathroom later. You talked about, spending 20 bucks to get breakfast and then it's gone. I would say it's more than that. You are literally turning your money into crap when you do that. On, it, man. on, good. on lure TV, you are putting your money into a legacy mm. of Christ following storytelling that will never go down the drain. How do you like that for a marketing hey, campaign?
1: Oh, there's some marketing, man. <laughs>
0: Somebody can tell marketing oh man all right well that's i gotta go i gotta be like george costanza i gotta we gotta wrap this up on a high note because I'm, I'm not that just god gave it to me i gotta say thank you all and good night so john i'm gonna give you the last word because i gotta get out of here because the next joke i make is not going to be funny all right anything else you want to mention before we go no i
1: mean i just tell you guys to get on there and uh, sign up today subscribe lord lor.tv and Try it out. Give it a whirl. Seven days. It's free for seven days and just see how the platform works. And then, uh, yeah, don't don't flush your money down the toilet. <laughs>
0: quite literally. quite <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I do want to ask, what do you think on lure.tv right now is worth worth a rewatch? As you know, we're, we're still building content. And the people, I'm sure many subscribers have, have seen the, 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 everything on the platform so far, yeah. what to you is specifically worth a rewatch You'd say, Hey, check this out again. Watch it from this perspective.
1: I'll tell you, man. I mean, I know it's not getting much action, but, uh, two by two with the five episodes that are there. If you've got kids, you know, I've watched them with my daughter and, um, And my granddaughters watch them and they watch them over and over again and i would tell you yeah that would be definitely you got kids especially that's worth where you watch the other one i would say would be teach all nations that was funded during beta testing but it's there and uh that's worth seeing again too
0: all right well uh not only that but the 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 episodes that are coming up barely biblical is about halfway there's a whole lot more content in the in the pike so if you haven't pulled the trigger yet if you haven't made that decision i encourage you to do it now subscribe today at lure.tv you see that at the bottom of the screen thank you john speed for your time today really appreciate having you on i know we'll see you again very soon for john i'm andrew southwick this has been the lure entertainment podcast and we'll see you next time